It's the Podcore Slobcast, here I am. I started it off with a little thing. I am joined by my friend Shelby. That's me! Yo, what's going on, everybody? Freeform kind of. That was nice. That was gorgeous. A little jazz up in here. <laughs> I was in jazz band in high school. Whoa. Yeah. That was like the prestigious one, right? Yeah, it was. Whoa. I got invited in as a freshman because they needed a baritone saxophone player. Oh my gosh. You were a freshman. I was a freshman. Playing with the big dogs. Dude, I was playing with the big dogs. Yeah. I was playing the big instrument. Oh it was, my gosh. A baritone sax was literally Shelby sized. Oh my at God. The time. <laughs> Whoa. There's a saxophone that's like a cello. Yeah. Like the big one. It's big. Is yeah. it like, like, whoa. Yeah. Is it like two hander, like with oh, a strap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. And it, it bends in all these different ways and yeah. it spits out this real low noise. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I felt very strange playing it, but you know. That's super cool. Yeah. I, my music career, let's see, recorder third grade there you go we had my school is rich enough where we had a private like instrument collection mm-hmm. so fourth grade i played the cello and mainly because it was the big one of the strings yeah fifth grade I played the trumpet because trumpets are fun you gotta slide them that's the trombone oh. <laughs> yes it is <laughs> Can you tell it's been since elementary school since I played an instrument? <laughs> Wait, so did you play the trumpet I played or the, the trombone. trombone? I played the trombone. <laughs> this, this person doesn't even know what instrument they play. This guy has a fucking this podcast? This guy fucking has a podcast? You don't even remember what instrument you play? Give anyone a podcast yeah. these days. Well, they sure do. I know. They sure do. Wow. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> Welcome to the pod, Shelby. Thank Thanks for you. joining me. Hello, I'm Shelby. Yes. <laughs> and you are a special guest to our wonderful City of Roses here in Portland from LA right now. How you liking it? I love Portland. Have not seen a single rose. Nice. But, <laughs> but I do like Portland. Perfect. I've been a couple times and uh, it, it's just, it's a city with a cool, fun vibe. Totally. Totally. Um, well, Shelby, I've been starting all of these podcasts with the Bryn origin story okay. from my guest. And so you can take that to however as you want. It can be the first time you like Absolutely. knew about me or met me or anything, but just okay. give us a little origin story. I got this. Booyah. The time was 2022. <laughs> Scene is set. Twitch.tv. Where (laughs) I started running in some Twitch circles (laughs) in which there was a very popular chatter (gasps) named Hot Sauce Bob. Fast forward to June or July of 2022. I could not tell you. I don't remember. (laughs) It was RodCon weekend, uh, a weekend where many 
popular chatters from twitch.tv <laughs> were in LA to celebrate Rodney Berry. Mm-hmm. And I showed up to one of the events despite not really knowing Rodney Berry or, <laughs> or any of the group. And then I proceeded to befriend everyone there, including Bryn. Yep. Um, I recognized you because we had like chatted on Twitter uh-huh. or Instagram or something. So totally. I saw you sitting there with all the RodCon people and I was like, I'm going to sidle <laughs> over there i recognize you um and yeah and then i was like okay now i'm friends with hot sauce bob here we are (laughs) and here we are had a legendary karaoke performance oh what Um, did you do i did it wasn't legendary (laughs) i sang a Katy perry song (laughs) oh that's right (laughs) no i was legendary thank you thank you that was a fun time (laughs) it was a lot of fun that that room we got (laughs) was a lot better i don't know if you told you but the year before we did karaoke the same place with the room was like a third of the size with the oh, same really? amount of people. Like we were crunched on top of each other. You would have been shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, we were shoulder to shoulder. There wasn't even like a table to put the drinks in. <laughs> so when I was there, this the, time was great. Yeah, the table was full of drinks. Yep. Yeah, that was so fun. But yeah, it was. Uh, that's pretty much right back at you. The origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing each other in different chats on Twitch. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, I'm familiar with this person. And then, oh, we met in person. It was great. What yeah. do you know? <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Talking in real life. In real life. And now I'm on your podcast. Totally. And shout out. I know a bunch of Rod Dogs are going to be listening to this. So shout, shout out. out to all the Rod Dogs oh, and all the Twitch friends. to the Rod Dogs and the <laughs> Twitch friends. I love them so much. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. I mean, I feel like the conversations we've been having for the last three hours as mm-hmm. we were cooking up some nice grilled cheeses, check it out. Slobcore kitchen. Delicious. Should grilled be cheeses. Up. Oh my gosh. So good. <laughs> well, yeah. We're just filled with the cheesy goodness right now. We the are. Good vibes. If you want to know the recipe, it's throw whatever cheeses and other things you want yep. on a sandwich yep. and grill it up. <laughs> there you go. That's the recipe. Certified recipe. <laughs> we got to get that patented. <laughs> we don't want anyone stealing that. <laughs> Okay, now how would that work, Because... (laughs) I don't know. We're telling people to do this. Oh, fuck. But whenever you make it, there's a little copyright, Brennan Shelby, underneath. Exactly. Okay, so you can make... You can follow this recipe. Yeah. Uh, make sure you or you say a little prayer to yeah. us when you <laughs> yeah. do. You gotta cite your sources, exactly. folks. Exactly. <laughs> That's the bibliography of the grilled cheese. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I was saying, like all the conversation we've been having, I feel like we could have recorded that and that's a great podcast conversation. Um, But yeah, we got into some good stuff and especially it's always fun talking with my Twitch friends just about like how cool of a community it is and just the ways that like online friendship is like something like I was saying I hadn't really experienced before the pandemic. And uh, just how like special it can be and like just having little little Internet acquaintances that you see all the time and you kind of run in the same places. It's funny because when you spend a lot of time online, the places you spend a lot of time, that's where your community is going to be. Yeah, totally. And for people in our age bracket, (laughs) I guess a lot of us are spending a lot of time online. So that's where our community is. And I like it that way. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, like I I really realized like before this, I was just a lurker online, Mm -hmm. which is okay. But it's like if I'm spending this time on the Internet, 
I should be like actively doing it. Like, I think I was kind of like an internet wallflower. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, oh, wait, this random mutual on Twitter is like cool. And like, it's not weird if I say, oh my gosh, like, I love this tweet. That's a weird thing to reply. But <laughs> um, I do that though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I get that because I'm a very strong liker. I just oh, like when people yes, do things. Totally. I like it. I like it. You tweet a thing, I like it. Yep, you know, yep. you post a picture on Instagram, I like Simple it. I like as. these things. Totally. So if I really like something, it's not out of the ordinary for me to res- like reply on it and be like, this is really funny or I really like this. Yeah. And I think that's. As someone who also sometimes tweets stuff or posts stuff where I would love to get a reply like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. I know that it's like totally within my right as a people pleaser. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> someone who wants to make other people happy to like just express that thing yep. because um, the people who post things that you reply to will appreciate yep, it. Totally. Yeah. I think I kind of had the realization the last couple of years that. In my life, like I have so much fondness for so many people that I've just like let that go unexpressed before mm-hmm. out of like, oh, I don't want to be weird or I don't want them to like misconstrue this or whatever. Yeah. But it kind of was, especially posting more on Instagram. I feel like Instagram stories to a reply DM is such a like a natural way to communicate and connect. Yeah. Or it was when I started posting on stories and then friends like ran a person from college or an old friend from middle school would like say, Oh, this is so cool. Or, Oh, I've been to this restaurant or just like ask me questions. I was like, Oh shit, this is awesome. I'm talking to these people. I like, well, I haven't talked to in years, Yeah, but now it's just like a little, I kind of see my stories as like, I'm putting out a huge group message and it doesn't have to be like, there's no expectation for people to reply to it, but it's like an avenue for that connection. Exactly. Um, which is really cool. And that made me feel more comfortable in like replying to other people's stories. Right. Because I was like, okay, I don't want to be weird or like annoy someone, but a little message. They're putting themselves out there exactly. to be replied to. Exactly. Totally. And that's what you're doing when you're posting these things. Yep. And I get that a lot. I mean, I'm constantly thinking like, do I need to make my own discord because there are so many, these so many things that I want to say uh-huh, and express, but uh-huh. only to people who want to hear that kind of thing from <laughs> totally. me. So it's always, it's kind of difficult to just, to decide who to text or who to talk to when you're like, I just want to express something. Do I just like post it online or can I text my dad? Uh Like, what do I do? (laughs) Who do I tell this to? Yeah. Um, It's hard. The, The whole concept of internet communication is very different from like how humans evolved. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that like leads the internet not being as good is there's no like shared sense of like not standards, but even like etiquette. Yeah, I'm someone who kind of hates etiquette. Mm -hmm. It's just like we do this because it's tradition, but it is kind of nice like figuring out like, oh, here are the ways to like engage with this certain thing. Mm -hmm. But the internet can be super scary. Like, I think, I don't know what you think about this, but I do, I see it as somewhat of a gendered thing, especially for me, like the part of me that is like, oh, I don't want to be annoying or I don't want to share this thing online. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like 
the little boy in me who's like, oh, you shouldn't be like expressive. Like that's not like what men do or like. Right. And so, and then I do see like tech typically like looking back at friends from high school or whatever, there's way fewer men who are like engaged with social media. It's the same way. Like my, uh, female friends are. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way because I always thought of it as more like if you're posting something, are you begging for attention? Right. And do you just need attention so badly? Yeah. And I remember talking about one of my or talking about that with one of my therapists uh-huh. and she was like, what's so wrong with wanting exactly. attention? Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I've definitely had those like same thought patterns though too. Cause it's like, you don't want to be annoying. You don't right. want to be like yelling in the crowded room or whatever, but it's not quite that with the internet. Yeah. And it's also, I think I had to let go of that idea of possibly being annoying Yeah. in order to really fully express myself. And oh, I still totally. worry about it sometimes, yeah, but sure. I have lots of friends who will reality check me yeah. and be like, you're not annoying. You know, totally. people wouldn't be in your life if they don't want to be in your life. Yep. And if people think that you're annoying, they do not have to listen to you. Yep. And, and that's, you know, I exist online and, you know, on Twitch and, and uh-huh. those things where people do not have to watch that if they don't want exactly. to. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing I kind of realized too, especially making all these slob cores. It's like, oh, if someone doesn't like it, they just want to engage. Right. And then it's like, but the people who do love you and do like support you, mm-hmm. they want to see you being your fullest self. Exactly. And it's like, oh yeah, that's the reason. Like if someone has an issue, that's on them. But it's hard that is something I have to like consciously remind myself mm-hmm. a lot. Cause yeah, it is. The internet is weird. <laughs> like it's just this thing and everyone's seeing it. And most people are kind of more lurkers or whatever. Yeah. I never uh, even thought about that because I am a very active. <laughs> yeah. I love like, it. <laughs> expressive person. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll just watch things go on because I just yeah, want to be there. But totally. but in general, I like to make my presence known and mm-hmm. um, try to improve the experience yeah. for other people. Totally. And I always worry, what if my input is not improving the experience mm, for the other people uh-huh. in the group? And I, you just kind of have to let go of that because, totally. like, I'm not doing anything wrong by just being me. <laughs> totally. Well, let me say from my outside perspective, you're always a joy to have like in these communities and stuff. (laughs) And and you totally do like, (laughs) yeah, just like your friendly vibe is really wonderful. Thank you Um, so much. That's what I strive for. Totally. totally. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes I do like, we're like, okay, am I just being so out of pocket, but I, I can't tell when I'm being out of pocket, but thankfully I've had like conversations with friends. Like, okay, if I'm being like, seriously like wild on the internet just let me know (laughs) like yeah let like i think people would let us know oh yeah if you said anything that was too and it's not even like you say one thing that's kind of off right people aren't gonna come and talk to you about that no because they'll give you the benefit of the doubt it's when people are saying multiple things that are like you're that's kind of not in the fitting with the vibe. Totally, here. totally. Someone will talk to you. Yep. Um, I worry about that because I worry that I can't read a room. Yeah, yeah, same. But the thing is, I can read a room so well. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Well, that especially I find with many of my other anxious friends, it's like I'm 
super overthinking everything to the extent that like I'm just so out of bounds and like right. I'm worrying about the tiniest little iota of a detail where it's like, oh, that's not a problem at all. Not at Only all. Only to me. Mm-hmm. Anxiety will definitely blow things up. Yeah. So out of proportion. Totally. And I get that. I, I talked to my boyfriend about it and he was like, he's like, I can't imagine what it is like to live in your brain. And I'm uh-huh. like, you do not want to. You don't want to be in here. Totally. <laughs> there are downsides. Uh-huh. Like- <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, one of my friends. Um She's so jealous because her boyfriend is like really good at just going to sleep quickly. Yeah. And she's just like, what? You're not just like constantly worrying about everything through the day. I get that. Because in college, I would have trouble falling asleep. And my boyfriend at the time, if he didn't fall asleep within like 20 minutes, he'd be like, I can't sleep. (laughs) I'm sure he didn't say it like that. It was was taking him normal. (laughs) That's how it felt. (laughs) Right. But for me, I was just like, I lie here every freaking night (laughs) and you're 20 minutes later you're like i can't sleep (laughs) and you get so resentful when other Uh, people are getting that peace that you can't get totally um at least when i was younger i got resentful now i'm just like "Eh, whatever it's other people's business is not really my business (laughs) right right and just feel good in knowing that a lot of other people that you know and love also have awful sleep and it's hard (laughs) I have such a strict sleep routine uh-huh. it, it, when I'm working, especially. So I'm on vacation do? right now. So yeah. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> but when I'm working, it's like I have to set aside eight hours to sleep. Um, That's just what I need to do for myself. Smart. And before that eight hours. So if I have to get up at 730, I'm always going to go get in bed at 1130, you know, Um. And for the two hours before that, first, I'm doing an hour of like relaxing activity Mm -hmm. and then an hour of reading. Damn, that's the way. This is in that if I go back to those two hours of downtime before I go to sleep, like I will be able to sleep. Yeah. If I interrupt that schedule, I might mess myself up and not be able to sleep. So it's just I know what works for me. In getting to sleep. So that's why it's easy for me to get to sleep. Nice. So that's a a good routine. Yeah. And a lot of people have a lot of trouble getting to sleep. And I'm like, listen, once you find your routine, it's going to be so much better for you. You got to just focus on finding that because getting more sleep literally changed my life. Yeah. (laughs) My my sleep hygiene is ass. Mm -hmm. And I, I have been someone who, doesn't need as much sleep. Yeah. And even like when I was a kid, like I hated naps and like bedtimes were my mortal enemy. Um, <laughs> and like I can kind of function, but it feels so much better when you get more sleep. But I, I, I need to work on some of those things. Cause yeah, reading is really nice. I used to do that before I went to bed when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's great. It is I don't great. Do it as much anymore. Now I'll just like go to bed at two in the morning, oh, be no. looking at my phone, <laughs> uh, have just eaten a bowl of cereal, like all the worst things. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of room for improvement. There is. Well, if you think about it yeah. that way. Yeah. It's optimistic. There you go. There you look go. at all you have to look forward to. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My powers 
they're already mighty high. Right. They're only about to be improved. Is the world ready for that? I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Let, hey, world, write in. Do you have a, <laughs> I don't know if you have a way for people to write in. Are you ready Do for I? Bryn to get enough sleep every night? <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it, okay. Yeah. That reminds me yeah. of before. So before I've had this transformation of my life, I've kind of transformed my life Beautiful. over the past little over a year. Love it. Um, and basically, I went from hating myself to, to being like, it's unacceptable for me to hate myself. No, that's a good transformation. It's a great transformation. Um, but during that time, before that time, I had a tarot reading. Ooh. And now I'm not, I'm like a skeptical, skeptical yeah, sure, person. Sure. I'm not like super spiritual or religious or anything like yeah. that. But I do believe that a lot of these spiritual ways of looking at things so like mm -hmm. astrology and tarot and all that it helps people figure out what they're thinking about yes. themselves it's a good way to like center yourself exactly and it's like a nice ritual and it just makes you think so yeah what what could be wrong with that exactly yeah so i had a tarot reading at a drag show amazing a drag brunch amazing. it was amazing um and there were like they pulled the cards and three of the king cards showed up Whoa. and it was just such a powerful reading. That's like a jackpot. It was amazing. And and the reader was like, you are so powerful, Whoa. but you are holding yourself back. <gasps> and I'm like, that's true. <laughs> I am. And that kind of helped me transform my life. Oh so my like God. the sleep thing I was already on my way to, but then yeah, changing from, finding it acceptable to treat myself poorly to finding it unacceptable to treat myself poorly. Dude. Such a huge change. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I am powerful. Aww. I come in there and I bring that powerful, friendly vibe to those Twitch chats. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> You're killing it. I'm a oh silly little goofy god. <laughs> and I'm doing it the best. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I don't remember how I got on that thread or if we were concentrated on knows. a topic or no okay, there, there's cool. no concentration on this podcast <laughs> good i, I do concentration you are a practice podcaster oh yeah and i guess you can give a little shout out to your pod now if you want sure so i have a couple podcasts yeah. uh the first that's been going since i think 2018 wow 20 no 2019 yeah September of 2019, <laughs> uh, the rom complex. Mm -hmm. My That's friend Sam Frontier and I talk about rom coms and how they messed up our views of relationships. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's really great. We we're at 160 something episodes. Whoa. I love working with her. She's like a social media person uh -huh, so she uh -huh. knows how to do all that stuff Amazing. and i'm like i'll take care of posting the episodes nice <laughs> nice uh my other podcast is called formulaic uh -huh. with my friend james aka marshland monster hell yeah um you may know him from doing raps that feature audio from hollywood handbook <gasps> How have I not heard these? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, need I think to check they this actually out. have talked about him oh and his raps on episodes of Hollywood Handbook. Oh my God. And he said that like the podcast community has always been really good to him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, great. 
but yeah, we do a podcast where we find really formulaic TV shows uh-huh. and then just kind of figure out the formula and write our own yes. bullshit episode of it. Oh my it. gosh. And then we have our friends perform the episode as like a t- table read and it's a lot of fun. Amazing. <laughs> If you ever want to do a voice, yeah, I'd love come to. Come on over. Yeah, there's, I'll hit you up. I think you hit me up one time when I was busy, but I oh, would, okay. I would definitely love to. Um, Excellent. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, uh, you got any tips? How the fuck? It's like kind of nuts making a podcast, especially I get in my head. <laughs> I'm much like, whoa! I'm just like letting myself be seen. This is just yeah. my extemporaneous thinking. I would say lean into that because. Yeah. One of the things that I really liked about doing podcasts is that it kind of helped me overcome perfectionism in a way because totally. you're kind of, you're just saying well, yeah, <laughs> stream yeah. of consciousness 100%. You know what you're talking about, it's not written out, it's not planned. So in order to do that, I had to get comfortable with letting go of perfectionism. Yeah. And it helped me a lot. <laughs> now I can just kind of write an episode of a TV show on the fly. Seriously. Like, uh, right? Like, that's and so that's, cool. That's not something I ever would have been able to do. Right. Um, just on my own. So let go of perfectionism, lean into that. And mm-hmm. then the other thing is just do it because you enjoy doing it. Totally. If it's too much work, change what you're doing. Um, or, or stop, like sometimes you have to let go of stuff that's not mm-hmm. fulfilling you. Yeah. Um, but if you like it and you feel good doing it and you're getting a lot of good experiences, it really doesn't matter who's totally, listening to it. Totally. No, that's like so true. And especially it's been like really fun, but I have been feeling these like, whoa, this is like a lot. What am I doing? Yeah. Um, but that's all comes from self doubt. But like, I've had amazing conversations. Right. And it's so cool to have them recorded. Even if no one was listening, just like have these for me is yeah. pretty special. And uh, I don't know if I told this on the podcast, but there was one episode I did with my friends, Paige and Jesse, mm-hmm. and they're just super hilarious. And I think that day they came over, like I would not gotten enough sleep the night before. And I was just like super anxious. And like, I think Loki was having a panic attack while we were doing it. Fun. Um, super fun. <laughs> but it was kind of amazing that we were recording it because in my head, I was like, I don't feel good. Like, I'm not being that funny or this isn't that great. Yeah. But I was able to listen to it like that night when I was editing it. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, right? I can't tell that I'm feeling that way. And so it yes. kind of was this affirming thing where it's like, even when I'm feeling like super anxious or whatever, it's not necessarily what I'm giving off. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that something like a panic attack sometimes happens, but it's over with and uh, it didn't ruin the day or whatever. Right. It's all about I, the experience inside your head yeah. is different from the experience outside your head. Totally, totally. <laughs> because I'll record episodes of a podcast, not yeah. feel good about it. Just yeah. be like, that wasn't really good. We didn't say anything funny uh-huh. in that. And then I'll listen back to it to edit it or something. And I'm like, wait, this is great this is just as good as any other episode like what was i worried about yep yep (laughs) but it's really easy to convince yourself that you're not doing enough Mm -hmm, definitely yeah so yeah like this it's super fun just having this conversation like hanging out cooking up some food and then oh we can record it you're in town absolutely i was so happy to be able to come hang out totally yeah it's been a blast it has 
do do we need to talk more about our grilled cheeses? Oh yeah, we we could do a little uh, <laughs> we could do a little recap of that. Okay, so we had so many different types of cheeses. So many. We had this delicious uh, Orville. Wait, what's his name? Uh oh, Oscar. Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like Orville Wright. Oscar Redenbacher. I was thinking Oscar Redenbacher. <laughs> I was thinking Orville Wright. Orville Peck. And oh. I was like, wait, none of those are correct. <laughs> Orson Scott Card, that is also not right. Who am I talking oh, about? Man. Um, but no, we were talking about uh Orville. No. No, Oscar Wright. No. O- Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. <laughs> we had an Oscar Wilde cheddar, whatever yes. that means. And we had what was that one with sage in it? Oh, yes. Like something sage, but it was like a cheddar with like green flecks. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, we had a nice blue cheese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had a brie. A we had brie, some mozzarella. Some mozzarella. And then uh, Bren blanched some asparagus. <sighs> yeah. And we had sliced tomato Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we had some other stuff. We just kind of mix and match, made some grilled cheeses. Uh, Delicious. We had four grilled cheeses between the two of us. We meant to save (laughs) (laughs) something Uh, uh, for for my boyfriend, but we did not. We ate it. (laughs) We ate it. (laughs) Couldn't be helped. It was too delicious. It was so good. Uh, and it was a great slopcore experience. Yes. Thank you for joining. That was a good idea that you had for the grilled cheeses there. I loved that. I just got to stand in the kitchen and you did all the work. Yep. yep. That was one of my favorite parts about it. <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Yeah, totally. So I'm perfectly fine with standing and, mm-hmm. and letting other people do all the work for There me. you go. And way cheaper than going to like a Benihana or a Hibachi. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you got Brinihana. Brinihana. <laughs> he cooked it right in front of me. <laughs> I didn't flip any shrimp into your mouth, though. No. Okay, we can do that next time. <laughs> a shrimp grilled cheese actually sounds pretty good. Oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, your face right, changed. Next time. <laughs> You're yeah. like, wait a second. <laughs> Let me really consider this. <laughs> yeah, but no, some delicious ass grilled cheeses and so i think you were a genius on your second one doing a little cream cheese Mm -hmm. chive and garlic cream cheese on there yeah well i was inspired by my weekly everything bagel sandwich so every weekend for breakfast (laughs) when i'm at home i make an every i toast an everything bagel I put some cream cheese on there. Oh. I put some capers on there. Oh. And I fry up a couple eggs. Um, over easy. Nice runny yolk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and recently I've added a little salt and pepper Ooh. because I'm growing. <laughs> and that's what I have. I've had that every weekend for probably a decade at wow. this point. Wow. Uh, so that was the inspiration for Amazing. the second grilled cheese that I made. Love it. I'm glad that you were a fan. Oh, it was hidden. Literally, it was hidden. everything we did was hidden. This is <laughs> agree. A bombastic night of food. I agree, and I knew it would be. Yeah, I was oh, like, totally. I'm not even gonna worry. <laughs> I'm gonna go have a blast hanging out with Brent. Yep, I have at this point. I have quite. I've always been a very confident person. Mm-hmm. I've got quite the confidence in my hanging out, cooking dinner skills. Yeah, because it's just like after. 
you have enough like amazing meals and good conversations. It's like, oh, this is fun. Right. <laughs> this is cool. And you know who is going to meet you at that level. Yeah, right. Totally. Because like talking to you and also hearing your podcast and yeah. knowing the kinds of things you like to talk about, yeah. like I'm like, I know I'm going to be able to have a great yeah. conversation with oh, Brynn. That's great. Like, that's that's easy. Like Hell you're yeah. very open and genuine. And I am also a very open and yep. genuine person. It, totally. So it's hard to go wrong. Yeah. Here. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. It's it's been fun. Like a lot of similar friends through the years where it's just been like, oh, we're like on very similar wavelengths. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like excited to go and record some podcasts with those people too. like. My friend Devin from Graceland from college. Yeah. I'm really excited. He's like all into history and stuff. And back when we were both house presidents at the same time. House and, uh, presidents? Yeah, dude. My school is kind of like Hogwarts a little bit. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> wait a second. Now, so, which parts? Because <laughs> is it the part where you shit on the floor and magic it away? Or. <laughs> well. Did you have to talk to paintings to get into your rooms? <laughs> Mainly just so there's not not co-ed dorms. Uh -huh. And so each floor, the different dorms is a different house. Yeah. And so my house is Clausen. And that's like who you play intramurals with. Like that's your team. Were they um, known for any specific personality we, traits? Or Yeah, definitely. We were definitely a bunch of weirdos, if you mm -hmm. could believe. And then I... My junior year okay. was the president of the weirdos. Wow. Um, the weirdos had a leader. Yes. And it was you. <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, it is fun. Cause like every competition is like against the same houses. So like the guys on Agape that were my grade, like we were playing them in the sports or like competing yeah. in the air band competition, which air is band? this big what air band. The fuck are you <laughs> talking about? See, it's like, <laughs> incomprehensible <laughs> a little <laughs> i should find something better than hogwarts nowadays um but airband is the final event at homecoming okay and at graceland homecoming's a big deal like there's all these events through the week where you get points and you your house has a sister house or a brother house and so we'd be teamed up with one of the, like the women's houses oh, okay um, in the competitions. And so there's like a scavenger hunt and there's a dodgeball night, but air band is worth the most points. And it's the last night of homecoming on Friday night, like a bunch of alumni and stuff are there. Each like pairing has a five minute song or like performance that they put together. And so you like do different songs and usually it's like for a movie. Um, so one of the best ones that happened when I was there was Forrest Gump. Okay. But people like dress up as different characters and there's no like no singing or no talking, but it's like lip syncing almost or just like dancing, doing choreographed dance, different songs. And so each house like does theirs and then they get judged. And so it's like this big performance thing. That's so weird <laughs> yeah it's it's really weird um in the whole this is a college these are college students yeah and the whole college did this. the whole college like not everyone's that involved with their house yeah but for airband usually there's at least 30 to 40 people in all the groups like doing practice like what? among all the other college stuff we're getting together doing choreography like trying to 
one year we did Emperor's New Groove. And so we're making like, <laughs> who was I in all of these? I think I was like a leopard in that one. Oh, I, yeah. The, the videos of all these leopard. exist online. <laughs> um, but it was like people took it very seriously. I bet. I'm I'm not that competitive a person, so I never took it super seriously. But it was a big deal. What was the reward for like having the most points? Um, if you won homecoming, then your house gets money. And so like as house president, one of the things you do is you plan out like weekly meetings or a function. And so like on you plan on a weekend to like, hey, we're gonna go up to Des Moines and watch a movie or go to Sky Zone. Okay. And so you kind of coordinate that. And if the house has like more money in their budget, you can like buy sm- snacks for the meetings or you can do buy shirts stuff. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, but mostly is for the prestige and the bragging rights. Yeah. Cause that's a thing in Southern Iowa. You got to make your own fun. Like <laughs> there's not much else there, going on. I mean, there's math. You <laughs> yep. can always get into yep. math. Bryn. Yeah. We were in one of the poorest counties <laughs> right. in Iowa and in the whole country. <laughs> But yeah, it was a good time. Glad to be back in Oregon. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, some of my lifelong friends from Graceland. So how many different states have you lived in? Let's see. I've lived in Oregon and I kind of lived in London for four months. Ooh, is it um, like a study abroad kind of thing? Yes, but because my dad's a professor. Oh, and so it was when I was a senior. Right. Um, he the college like paid for me and my sibling and my mom to like go on the trip nice and so we lived in a flat in london which was amazing um and i also we did the same thing in eighth grade to australia and we were just all along the east coast but i lived in iowa i lived in kansas city for a minute and i've lived in oregon nice and then i guess london australia so no east coast for you no east coast to live in i've visited new york i have my tante beer actually was telling you about she lives Mm -hmm. in new york city and uh yeah gone down to florida i've traveled through a lot of the country yeah oh you are from new jersey right i was born in new born jersey in new jersey mm-hmm. when did you move away uh i was nine when i moved okay. down to florida do you have i talked to you about wawa before do you have wawa experiences um, are you a wawa partisan i don't have a lot of wawa okay. experiences Fair. no i don't know if i've ever been to a wawa wow. well Maybe. But when I lived in New Jersey, I went to ShopRite. Ooh. ShopRite was our was our go-to so store. Nice. Uh, and then down in Florida, we would go to Publix. Oh, dude. <laughs> Publix yeah. is a goddamn dream. Yeah, Publix is pretty awesome. Oh, my God. I like, <laughs> I'm such a sucker for regional like convenience stores and grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And Publix is like one of my favorites. My ex- was from upstate New York uh-huh. and she introduced me to Wegmans. Oh, Wegmans I've heard is tell. really good. What's the, what's the vibe in there? It's, it's just, it's like Publix. Okay. It's a lot like Publix. Cool. They also have good subs, oh. um, but they have like a lot of cool, like little hot bar and cold bar things oh and gosh. just like interesting I don't know. It's just a big store with a lot of food. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The details, they don't matter. Oh, no. Nah, no. Nah. It's a big store with a lot of food. Amazing. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. The East Coast truly sandwich game is unmatched. Yeah. Sandwiches, they're just not a West Coast thing, unfortunately. And, and I mean, there's amazing ones, but. 
Yeah, I do. I love sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think about that a lot. I, I mean, it, it's hard to say because just in general, a sandwich is just a thing I want to eat all the time. Yeah, totally. And I don't really care what you put on there. If it's just things that I like to eat, then I will eat a sandwich. Beautiful. With those things. Beautiful. What I don't like is putting together a sandwich myself. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It's like... It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> so many toppings. And when I'm not like cooking with someone for fun, uh-huh. I don't like doing it that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really do sandwiches that often either. Yeah. And especially living alone. Cause it's like if I bought sandwich ingredients, you that's have to like make the a ingredients sandwich. for the same sandwich like 10 times. Yes. You would have to make the same sandwich every day yeah. for two weeks. Yeah. I did work at Subway for five total days. Five total days. Yeah. Okay, now why did you decide to <laughs> to say it that way? Because it was it was after my freshman year of college. Um, and I was back home and I like that's the first job I could find. This subway, I knew their issues. My older brother used to work there, and the manager is like not great. Mm-hmm. But there's no schedule. Wait, <laughs> what there's no like written down <laughs> schedule. No, and so wait, I get no, hired Brent, there. That's not- <laughs> I know. That's I was not how a restaurant dude, works. <laughs> it was so fucked up. Like some of the more like senior employees kind of knew when they were working, but as a fresh hire, I was basically an on-call sandwich artist. And this woman owns like four or five franchises around the area, and so she would just like I wouldn't know till like noon if I was going to work or not. So it was awful, like so stressful. That's so my stressful. summer home from school and I like can't make plans because I'm like, OK, I have this job I might have to go to. So it was and it was also like inconsistent. because those five days yeah. were like scattered over two weeks. So I got a <laughs> I got a job offer working the seafood counter at Safeway. And I took that. Yeah. But I do miss the subway because we got tips there. And every four hours you worked, you get a free six inch. And so that was so okay. sick. Like okay. Subway's kind of gnarly. I won't yeah. deny that, but I fucking love it. I could eat Subway so much more than I do, but having those free subs was heaven. There was a time when I was eating Subway for lunch, like every shift I worked uh-huh. because I worked at a PetSmart in ah, Tampa. Oh, wow. And right next to the PetSmart was like, I think it was like a BJ's with uh-huh. a Subway inside. Nice. So I would go get you know, my foot long, my foot long oven baked chicken and wolf it yes. down and wolf it down on my Dude. 30 minute break. <laughs> oh my God. The oven baked chicken fucking rocks. It was, it ruled. It's now gone. I, don't, I don't eat chicken anymore oh, also. Yeah. So it's like, I don't eat the last time I ate Subway, it gave me such a bad tummy feeling yeah. that I am. I don't think I'm ever going to eat Subway again. Fair, fair. <laughs> I just had such a bad time with it. Yeah. Um, you've, you've done your time with Subway. Right. <laughs> I've, I can move on. Yeah. Um, I did when I was a kid. That was one of the big things was like the veggie delight at oh, Subway. It was one of the only yeah. vegetarian 
fast food options. So nice. my friends and I went there a lot. Nice. But the free six inch, that reminds me of my first job, which was at Cold Stone Creamery. No way. Wow. Yeah. And we would get free ice cream. So like every four hours you work, you got a free <sighs> ice cream coupon. That's so fun. It was awesome. <laughs> I ate so much ice cream. Yeah. And I w- could be back there. I'd just like take a spoonful of ice cream and just like yeah. take it to the back and like... <laughs> The managers definitely noticed because they're like, Shelby, you're always back there <laughs> sucking down ice cream. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was like 15. Oh so gosh. like, what was I going to do about it? Like, I was so annoying. Um, but it was a good it was a good first job. Hell I yeah. Think. Hell yeah. Being surrounded by ice cream. But it also helped me decide to never work in food service yeah. ever again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That subway was the only actual like food service because i guess i worked at safeway then costco Mm -hmm. but yeah it's like (laughs) my first day dude it was fucking nuts uh the first couple hours someone was there but then she had to leave so i closed the whole store by myself whoa on my first day of working there (laughs) which was here you go so wild i don't know how that happened did you have like a checklist or something like how do you even know how to do that yeah she just told me what to do and i guess i remembered it (laughs) <laughs> but this this old Russian woman comes in my first day. She has the most wild custom sandwich I've ever encountered. Uh-huh. She wanted me to fully open up the footlong Italian or whatever. Okay. And then I basically stacked it with like four inches worth of vegetables. Okay. Just like every single vegetable in like this big rectangle on the open sandwich. And I just had, then I loaded up with sauces and she wanted like so much stuff on it. And then she wanted it to go. <laughs> it's like this open face falling apart mountain of veggies. And I had to figure out like how the fuck to package that. And then I started to close like a sandwich and she didn't want it like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. don't you dare close <laughs> yeah. that sandwich. So I think I eventually <laughs> used like a bunch of plastic wrap and just like closed it in on itself. But. That was like terrifying. I'm like, I'm working this new job. This is like one right. of the first jobs I've ever had. And I'm all alone. And this mean Russian lady is being very <laughs> forceful with the way she wants her sandwich, which is very out of the bounds of normal. <laughs> she doesn't seem to understand that it's out of the bounds yep. of normal. And well, she got what she wanted. It. I I mean, good for her. It's just a weird salad on top of bread. <laughs> I wonder how many people she was feeding. Like, was it just for her? <laughs> she, Did she have like some mice at home yeah, yeah. that needed to eat, you know? She has like a hundred mice. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a meal for a hundred yeah. mice. Wow. I actually feel so good now right? that I did that. <laughs> and you couldn't fold it because mice don't know how to eat a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. The bread would confuse them. <laughs> Their hands are too small to pick it up. Yeah. They, they, it reminds them too much of a mouse trap. Right. With the hinge. Exactly. If anything's hinged, they're staying far away. <laughs> yeah, the mice have evolved to <laughs> stay away from hinges. Well, actually, she's been selectively breeding the smartest mice by having mice trap in her mice house. And so they're multiple generations in and she's growing super mice. Okay, so these that's a theory. That's fantastic. So these are super mice super who mice. have been bred to know to stay away from hinges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's even <laughs> Which is how they stay in the house. Right. Because they don't want to go out a door. Yeah. They see the hinges. And also they online date using Bumble. They stay away <laughs> yeah. from hinge. They can't use it. Um, 
none of them have Facebook, so oh, no. it freaks them out too much. <laughs> uh, the mice, these super intelligent mice, love Subway yep. just like as a treat. <laughs> they do, <laughs> little freaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I wonder how they're doing now. I'll I have mean, to check in. Well, if there were a hundred of them back whatever year that was. Yeah, that would have been 2014. Jesus Christ. Their lineage is probably in the hundred thousands by now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> Maybe it's just one big mouse at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. The hundred mice somehow bred together into one big mouse. Well, their intelligence became so much that they were able to build some technology. Okay, okay. And That's so smart. when when the woman dies, the big mouse will rampage through the city. <laughs> We're getting mouse Godzilla in Portland. Yeah. Well, there is a Pokemon like that. That's like oh. its evolved form is like a whole bunch of that Pokemon together. <gasps> what Pokemon is that? I don't that sounds familiar. remember. I don't even think it's the evolved form. I think ones. it's a newer one. Yeah. It's like a little fish. Nice. And it's like it turns oh, into a yeah, bunch of it's fish. It's like a school, a big school of fish big shaped school like of fish. a fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know what you're about. But that's the mouse that we're working with here. Yeah. That's going to <laughs> rampage through whatever city. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I think people should start preparing I think, for the yeah. inevitability. What's the best way to prepare for that? For a big mouse? A big wedge of cheese? Um if you're a, going friendly. Well, put a hinge outside your door. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll stay yeah. away. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Build a like a human sized mouse trap. Yeah. <laughs> really hope one of your neighbors doesn't step on it. <laughs> I mean, if they do, they should have known better. Yep. They, they should also be preparing for <laughs> mouse ocalypse. Right. <laughs> wow. And so, folks, just be ready. Just be ready. Be vigilant, please. Keep a hinge outside your door <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what else we got? We got our hundred mice. Hundred we talked mice. about our grilled cheeses. We about grilled cheeses. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, um, I was going to ask you. Oh, what the fuck was that? I was just about to ask you something so good. Is that something you just mentioned? It was so good. It was so genius and cool and funny at the same time. Yeah, I would have laughed and also been like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Orson Scott card poll early on. (laughs) Tell me about what books you read as a kid. Okay. What ones really stuck with you? Because I... I, here's the vibe. You were a reader as a kid. Is yes, that right? Absolutely. Okay, me too. Shout out. So I read a lot as a kid. I got when I what I would do as a kid is uh-huh. um my parents would take me to the library. I just pick whatever yes. book. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I would start I, I got really into fantasy. Yeah. Um and so I was reading a lot of uh, I don't remember the name. Uh Tamara Pierce was that her name mm. I don't remember I was reading her books nice and then I was reading a lot of Madeline Langle um, oh is that Wrinkle in Time yeah nice so I read those so I read them again later the later ones get real weird yeah there's one with like sexy angels <laughs> yeah it's it's very strange yeah. uh, give it a uh, check it out <laughs> It's it's kind of like Twilight, but they're angels. Wow. Um, it's nothing like Twilight. <laughs> I'm talking about. Uh, I read a lot. Uh, I started getting into that, and then I got into her other books. I was just reading a lot of fantasy, and yeah. then 
um, Orson Scott card. I didn't read Ender's Game until sometime in high school. Nice. And reading that book kind of left me depressed for weeks. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what this feeling is. I've never been this sad before. Wow. And I wish I had like talk to someone about it totally <laughs> i was obviously depressed but it was like kicked off by ender's game wow. because the ending is so sad yeah it's really messed up yeah um i read a i think i read like four or five of those books that went on because there's like one about yeah. bean and yeah. then global politics and shit I stopped at that first one because I was like, oh, yeah, I can't handle it this. Ruined your I, month. Yeah, it ruined me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I couldn't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, I think this book is for people younger than I am, because I was, you know, like 14, 15. Uh, uh -huh. And I and I was like, I don't understand why this is affecting me so much. But looking back on it, obviously, it's clear I was just, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. There's kind of a lot of despair you gotta process yeah, with that, right? Um, and you know, it's not just the book. Like the thing about reading books is it helps you tap into other things you're feeling yeah. or other potentials for feeling, right? Um, through stories, and that's. Something I've always loved about books is that they can make you feel things totally, and make you feel like you're living a different life. Yeah. You get the feelings of this other story that isn't your story. Yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful to experience. Totally. Yeah. I think it's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I maybe told this on the podcast before, but I was like first grade, I was in like the remedial reading class uh -huh. for whatever reason. But Mrs. White taught that one and she had us read Captain Underpants mm -hmm. and that just like flipped the fucking switch. Then in second grade, I was in like the third grade reading class reading level because I was like so all about it. Let's go. There was one time in third grade I was uh, reading at my desk and I used to read with like my head on the desk and my book in my lap. Yeah. And I was so caught in my book that the whole class had gone to the corner and they were doing cal calendar time with Mrs. Segovia. But. I must have just been like so cute and so like enthralled <laughs> that she didn't even like tell me again, like, hey, we're, Bryn, we're, we're over here. Right. So like 20 minutes. I was just like lost in the book. I love Which was that. so fun. And then in fourth grade, my family went to uh, my older siblings, my parents saw Return of the King in theaters. Mm -hmm. And I was so jealous. Like I asked to go, but it was too violent. I was so <laughs> jealous. And I was so pissed that I just read all the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, my mama was like, okay, I guess you can watch the movies now. Like you already know what happens. That's so, so funny. I was, yeah. Reading's always been probably my strong suit in school. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely all about like fantasy and science fiction. It's great. Yeah. I I mean, that's what I write too. Is yeah. I love writing fantasy and sci-fi. It's just what I always gravitate toward. Totally. Um and I, I read a lot of different genres now. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I've gotten more into horror. I've gotten more Ooh. into, I mean, I just, thrillers and mysteries I like. Um, but I also like regular dramas and I like literary fiction. I like yeah. nonfiction. I like it all. Yeah. Um, but when I was in high school, I would definitely read through class. Oh, yeah. And, and totally. I, I was one of those kids, like, I could score well enough on any test. Yep, yep. That it didn't really matter if I paid attention yep, in yep. class. <laughs> so I would just read all through class. And I was reading so many books. I'm like, 
this is better than listening to the class. <laughs> totally. And you know what? I don't regret it. I nope. think it was better. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. There was definitely parts of school where it's just like, this stuff is so easy and I'm so bored. Yeah. And like, and then some things were fucking hard. Like it wasn't a cakewalk for me. Oh yeah. But I think my mind was just like set up for like tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was just always a breeze. Yes. Which like sucks. That's, that's not the way for everyone else. But, no, uh, and I learned a lot about that because I actually went to school for teaching. So my master's oh, degree is in really? teaching. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, I got a bachelor's in English lit and a master's in teaching English. And one of the things that you learn about in teaching degrees is uh, being test wise. So yeah. a lot of students are test wise where you know that like if you have a multiple choice test, like some of the later some questions on the test might answer some other questions yeah. on the test. Oh, completely. So not everyone knows stuff like that, where it's like, oh, you can narrow down the answers. You can use other questions to answer, you know, earlier questions. Mm-hmm. And mm, someone like me or you just, we knew that instinctively, yeah, yeah. like that that's how you can take a test and do well in a test. But not everyone knows that. Totally. So how do you account for that? And do we teach kids how to be test wise or do we make tests that are more uh, immune to test wise yep. test takers? Yep. Like, what do you do in that situation? And what are we actually trying to prove with a test? Are right. you trying to figure out what a kid knows? Or are you trying to punish someone? Like, what are you doing with it? Yep. Uh, anyway, I don't teach anymore. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so tough. Oh yeah. my gosh. I, um, yeah, I know a lot of teachers and even the ones who are still doing it are like, it's rough out here. I bet. I don't envy them. Yeah. Especially, um, I was 22 when I got my teaching degree. Uh-huh. So I was in schools just being closer in age to the students oh, than were I you was. teaching to high like, school? I wanted to teach yeah, high school. Right. Um, I guess but that's I, the best place to do English, probably. Yeah, yeah, but I was, I taught middle school and Oof. then I taught small group reading and math for K through six. Yeah. Um, which was okay. Kids who are like five to seven uh-huh. are great. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Once they get to like eight or nine, they stop listening to what you tell them to, uh-huh. and it's a little bit more difficult. But I love those younger kids. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, middle school was horrible to teach. I, I can't think. imagine. Yeah, as a twenty-two-year-old, like, yeah, you shouldn't be. They shouldn't allow people to teach middle school before their prefrontal cortexes are developed. Right? Like what? I was so embarrassed all the time. Yeah. Like the kid, I would have like, I remember the kids making fun of me for having like sweat stains on oh my arm. <laughs> and I'm like, how do I deal with this? <laughs> and I, at the time, I wasn't so as like confident as I am oh, now. Oh, totally. Yeah. I was You're 22. I was 22. I was anxious. I didn't know what I was talking about. And I was convinced that I was supposed to know what I was talking about. So I was so anxious all the time about doing it. I hated teaching. I would leave work every day just like crying. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I remember calling my dad and being like, I'm just having such a hard time and just like breaking down crying, which is not something like my family, we don't really like emotion with each other. Sure. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> Which is hard for me because I'm always like, well, why don't we though? Yeah, sure, totally. <laughs> um, but 
I remember telling my dad that and having him be like, yeah, a lot of people have it, find it difficult to transition between college and full-time work. And I'm like, that's true, but also I don't think this is the work I should be doing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and it wasn't. Teaching was not for me. I think I would be better at it now mm-hmm. than I was 10 years ago, sure. but you know. Yeah, no, that's like, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I definitely couldn't do it. I think for a bit there, Cause I got a biology and chemistry degree mm-hmm. and for a bit, I was like, I think when just people would ask what I wanted to do, I had no clue. Yeah. It was easy to say, Oh yeah, maybe I'll just teach. Like I'll just get a master's and I'll teach chemistry. And I don't know. I could have, but that seems like so much work. And like, right. <laughs> like I work in a lab now and it's so nice. The little amount of like personal, like interaction I have to do. Rather than like control a room for eight hours. Exactly. That's something I realized because of what I always wanted to do was write. I wanted to be a writer. Even when I was teaching, I was like, I'll teach so that like I can have summers off to write Uh or whatever. uh Um, Not really how it works, because when you're teaching, you're working like 80 hours a week. Oh, my gosh. At least. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You don't have time to do anything else. Yeah. And not only that, you're also interacting with so many people each day that if that's something that's draining for you, yeah, you're, you're just not burnt out. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I was. I mm-hmm. was like interacting with this many people, this many different people yeah. every day is way too much for me. Totally. Even me. And I'm a social person. Yeah, like sure. I like talking to people. Sure. I'm good at talking to people, but I can't do that for work <laughs> yeah no i get it that's um one of my friends uh who actually i met he's a boyfriend of someone i went to high school with mm-hmm. and then he like lo- watched slobcore or whatever and we got lunch nice and he's a therapist and it was interesting talking to him because like yeah one thing i feel grateful for with my job being like not that much interaction is like oh i have all this social energy that i can use up like afterwards and do fun stuff like this right um but he's like doing therapy for all these sessions. Like he's spent like yeah social energy, like going out and doing stuff afterwards. It's just way harder. I bet. So yeah, there's like some, I have a lot of friends who work in childcare, either as teachers or like working at like daycare facilities. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's really draining. It is interesting now to think about my, okay. Rewind. Yeah. When I was teaching, one of the things I didn't like was that I didn't like having a relationship with the kids where I was like an authority figure. Uh Uh-huh, totally. I just don't think I'm, I'm more of like a, I'll make sure you're safe, but I'm going to play with you kind of person. And I, so I, and you can't really be like friends with all the kids when you're a teacher, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not that I was trying to be friends, but I was trying not to be, and it just, I was like, this doesn't feel right. That power dynamic was like grading on you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not that person to be in the position of power here. I'm the person like for me with kids, I love to sit and just let them do their thing Mm -hmm. and egg them on, you know, encourage them. And when they want attention, I will give them attention and sit there just, be there with them totally. while they play. Right. That's what I love doing with kids. And that's not what a teacher does. <laughs> Yo, what up gang? Um, still here with Shelby and the 
Zoom recorder just died, and we figured we were actually probably nearing the end. So, Shelby, do you have any closing thoughts for this pod? I just want everyone to know that I killed the recorder myself. <laughs> uh, that's why it died. Yeah, I wow. <laughs> I um, slit its throat. Whoa. Yeah, it was very it was, bloody. It was pretty brutal. In um, here. Slit its throat, and then I licked the knife. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the the knife lick was a little much, I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, and I kept eye contact with the Zoom recorder while <laughs> yeah, I did it. It has eyes. It does. <laughs> I looked it right in its existing eyes that it definitely has while I slit its throat that yeah. it also definitely has. And um, I don't feel sorry. Wow. Uh, and I've had a very good time recording this podcast Aww, with you, Brian. Thanks. This has been so much fun. It's been a total joy and it feels great having a pro actual podcaster in here. No, that's wild. <laughs> okay, that's wild. But... You're just hilarious. I'm honored to be your friend. I'm honored oh that you joined me. God, I feel the same way. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I say that's about it. Okay, that sounds any good to me. Closing message to the people out there. Um, to the people out there, I would say just man, <laughs> how do you even boil down everything? I know. All my life has been this experience leading up, <laughs> up to, to like, this. what message am I going to give to the Podcourse Lobcast listening community? Um, but I would say uh, keep listening to future episodes of there you <laughs> Podcourse go. Lobcast. There you go. <laughs> That's <And> my advice. <laughs> I will say check out Shelby's podcast. Um, we got, oh, shit. What are their names exactly again? The, the rom, rom complex. Rom, rom complex. That's so yes, good. and formulaic. Formulaic. The plugs are in. The and plugs are folks, in. I think we can end it there. <laughs> Everyone out there in the podcast slabcast world, take it however you want it. You don't have to take it easy. You can take it hard. You can take it medium well. I don't give a shit. Just keep <laughs> on keeping on, and I'll see you next week, baby. Bye. Bye.